Welcome to Net Zero Investors 2024 Outlook, reporting from our annual conference in London. My name is Mona Dole, editor of Net Zero Investor. And with us today, we've got Haiwan Kong, Vice President and Head of Responsible Investing at IMCO, the Investment Management Corporation of Ontario. Welcome, Haiwan. So, 2023 has been a challenging year for investors in the energy transition. Inflation and higher central bank rates have meant that many producers of renewable energy have been faced with a surge in refinancing costs, and share prices for major green energy producers have dropped. But we've also seen the effects of the Inflation Reduction Act and the European Green New Deal kicking in, resulting in significant institutional commitments to the energy transition. Next year could be somewhat of a turning point, with elections looming in the UK and US. That raises the question, what are the key themes net zero investors will be looking out for in 2024? And it's great to have you here, Haiwan, and to discuss the key investment challenges for the year. Thank you. Very happy to be here. Haiwan, what are the key themes that stood out for you in 2023? In 2023, we saw huge, tangible momentum on transition planning. There are lots of regulations out there really requesting financial institutions to take action on climate. So planning transition action and what are the key um, scenario analysis that the, the companies can do. So really pushing for how the corporates can think about and plan for uh, transition and decarbonization economy. And then the second one, that really stood out for me in 2023 was, it's probably not just for me, but for the whole world, what we really needed to have is just disclosure standard on sustainability, including climate disclosure. So we have seen PCAP, Partnership for Carbon Accounting for Financials. Um, and this type of sustainability standard is really what we needed to have for investors to make um, informed decision um, to, to support us so that we can have the comparable information uh, that helps our investment decision. And that in that sense, disclosure standard like ISSB, both S1 and S2, that um, particularly on this climate disclosure, I would say that's something that we needed to see um, really evolving from TCFD. Mm -hmm. That's really been a major change, right? And also, we've seen obviously last year lots of the um, policy reforms, especially the Inflation Reduction Act kicking in in, in the U US and has that influenced asset allocation for institutional investors? Yes, I think definitely it uh, made uh, financial institutions to pay attention and it supported the direction. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's way too early to, to say the impact on asset allocation strategy, but certainly... Um, there are many institutions coming out with the commitment on climate, both on the reduction, emission reduction targets, but also thinking really about deploying capital. So IRA or any of the stimulus packages really supporting those sectors, activities that, that we need for transition, that we need to deploy capital, and for institutional investors to put money 
into those areas that are needed. So again, enhancing and mobilizing capital is really important thing. And um, we are going to see a lot more of capital deployment. It's at, at the end of the day, we need to invest and there's a huge need for the needs. So we need to deploy, for example, globally 55 trillion in low emissions asset over the next decade to get to net zero by 2030. This is 41 trillion above today's spending levels. So we need the government policies really helping us reducing the risk for institutional investors to pursue those, those opportunities. I think one of the things we talked about at the conference today is that many investors still, while there is a need for capital, they're unclear what the winning technologies are, mm -hmm. what the winning trends are. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the winning investment trends or the key investment trends that will dominate in 2024 in net zero investing? Yeah, it was so interesting today to listen to, actually there were two sessions or what were there three sessions focusing on nature, biodiversity and um, nature capital. And I think that's certainly the trend we have seen from whether it's the task force on nature-related financial disclosure or there's also science-based targets for nature now. These frameworks highlighting that there's a potential investment risk and also opportunities that we have to focus on. And I think it's interesting because last year in Montreal, was it? 20? Montreal. Again. Yes, yes. So there was a COP15 the biodiversity conference. So now the governments, uh, more than 190 countries, I think, they have to really translate the framework of that Global Biodiversity Convention. Um, it is now the conference into the national plans and the policies by the end of next year. So I believe one of the key decisions that the government has to make is how nature is going to be embedded into the country's nationally determined contributions, which are so-called NDCs, and the progress that countries are making on updating national biodiversity strategy and action plan. And then another thing is interesting because also in Europe, European Commission also adopted the new law on nature restoration just about a month ago. So again, I think uh, this will all push for thinking about how do we deploy capital for towards nature-based uh, solutions and how can we measure this nature biodiversity risk when we are assessing investment um, opportunities. And the second one that I think in 2024 we will see a lot more is just thinking about some of this index-based investment and how do we do net zero transition in the index world. So it, in terms of the benchmark or some of the passive investment, constantly just hugging the benchmark, um, not really changing much, or can really net zero transition be part of the solution of our passive investment and index investment? That would be climate tilting um, equity funds, for example. Yes. Yeah, so again, I think that Tilting can be interesting concept because we talked a lot about real economy decarbonization at the conference today that uh, focusing a lot more on real economy is just tilting 
and focusing, putting more securities into the financials and simple tilting is not going to have an impact on real economy. So how can this investment, even in index, can it have an impact? It can go beyond tilting. So there can be different solutions out there that um, probably we need to explore further. And I would say the last one is also some people in the audience ask about S, more focus on the S side, so social. So in transition, there are lots of conversation right now at COP28. It's uh, about just transition. Mm -hmm. What does this mean when you are focusing on S or E? How do you balance this? So again, I think these are the key trends and the topics that I think will be a lot more discussed in 2024. Very interesting. And obviously looking back at 2023, we We can't really talk about that without acknowledging that we've seen a massive rise in interest rates. Inflation has been a big challenge also for investors in renewable energy. How do you think that will play out in the new year? Yeah, I think many investors appear concerned, you know, the recent problems at some renewable companies are whether it That's symptomatic of the problems in renewables. But what I believe is, again, because what we have seen, costs for offshore wind have risen more than 40% over the last two years. And increase in interest rate is definitely affecting particularly this publicly listed renewable companies, their economies. And so I think we really need higher agreement prices are required to offset some of those increases in capex and cost of debt to offset the negative impact of those factors. And whether this is going to remain in 2024, it's uh, time will tell. I cannot really uh, predict or forecast, but still we have to bear some of this vulnerability, volatility um, to this interest hikes or whether it's going to stabilize. So, Again, I think for institutional investors, you can have both public market exposure and a private market exposure when you have more private assets that are less susceptible to this market risk. So how do you balance that? And I think that's more question for the asset allocator and asset allocation strategy. Yeah, interesting. So as you mentioned, the listed markets have been hardest hit in a way. I know we, we've, we've had some stories on net zero investor on short bets against renewable energy firms and, and some firms really profiting from that. But then obviously mm -hmm. there's a long-term trajectory. Energy transition is going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. And as uh, one of the panelists today mentioned, 90% of the new capacity, production capacity is actually coming from renewables. So the trend, we are not going to see that's going to reverse all of a sudden, even with the current high interest rate environment. So again, I think it will take some time. Um, whether the companies will really benefit from some of the stimulus packages or uh, in the presidential election year, always there will be a lot more volatility and the noise about what's going to happen, who's going to be next president or the prime minister. or And that's definitely not going away. So we will see a lot more volatility in that year. But in a long-term trend, I don't think we are going to see any meaningful uh, step back from here. 
Yeah, you provided a quite a nice little entry point for my next question because obviously we've got elections coming up in the UK and US and there's some concerns among investors that we could see major U-turns on reforms like the Inflation Reduction Act and the Tory government is already kind of backtracking here in the UK on some of the net zero reforms. Is that for long-term institutional investors? Is that a concern to deploy capital now when they don't know what the policy agenda is going to be like in 2025? I think policy, policy, policy. I think it's so important for institutional investors, what kind of regulatory environment out there and that's so important um, for the investors. But at the same time, it's interesting if we think about um, in the US when, um, again, the last, uh, maybe when the President Trump was elected and during his administration did the investment into the so-called ESG, we saw so much increase into the, and capital deployed towards a lot more of the sustainable investment. So sometimes I think we are very worried about this short term. But and then also what we have to think about did red states benefit from IRA. They did, didn't they? Yeah, yes. that's interesting. Job creation. Yeah. So sometimes um, there are lots of noise. Mm-hmm. But yeah. can you navigate through the noise and focusing on what's actually affecting because a lot more jobs are created and more capital is being deployed towards this. So again, cautiously optimistic. <laughs> That's great to hear. So with that in mind, just a final question. What are the key long-term opportunities for investors in the, in the renewable energy transition? Yeah, we will hear about COP28, what's coming out. But so far, what we saw is the commitment from more than 100 countries to triple renewable capacity by 2030. So that means at least 11,000 gigawatts to be added. Question is, it's, it's huge, but the question is uh, that um, do we have enough infrastructure to enable this renewable capacity coming on to be connected to the grid? So again, I think we just have to see the holistic pictures of the infrastructure and the enabler and the technology advancements. And it's not that we are missing technologies. It's just how do we reduce some of the inherent risk and we can be incentivized to deploy capital towards where the money is needed, the capital is needed. So again, I think there are so many opportunities out there on transition and decarbonization. So many sectors require this. So can we see big leapfrog? I think we will see the sustainable taxonomies globally are coming out and which will, again, help clarify what kind of areas we need capital tours. So we will see many institutional investors and the corporates do not really back down their, their commitments they have made. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm glad we're ending on a on a moderately hopeful <laughs> note, I would say. And I, I'm amazed that you're not jet lagged or anything, having just flown over from Ontario. So I look forward to continuing that conversation in the new year when you'll be here in London. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you.